Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today, I'm here with Emily Warren. Hello. <laughs> so... Are your parents from New York as well? Like, where are they originally from? My dad is from just outside of the city in New York, and my mom is from Kansas City. Oh. She's a Midwestern girl. Yeah. And then they moved to, like, Upper West for work? Yeah, they both went to law school um, and met at their law firm. They both got jobs in New York, and so oh. that's how they met in the <laughs> office. But from a young age, your dad was already like super musical right with his band and like that's yeah. crazy he's still performing with the same group oh, like all yeah. these years it's amazing and they're like <laughs> actually my favorite band ever oh. play in new york all the time and it's like the best night of the year <laughs> and then did so did he teach you a lot about music early on or yeah i think there was always music kind of playing in the house so it was always around and then when i first kind of got into songwriting he was the one that was like all right well we should go get these recorded and his band oh. recorded the first EP with me when I was in like eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. And you also took like lessons, right? Or? Yeah. I was taking piano lessons and eventually um, guitar lessons and also harp lessons actually. Yeah. <laughs> For how long did you do harp or was it just kind of a... Like a year. Yeah. It was awesome, but I don't know. It's not that practical of an instrument. Yeah. Like, I had to rent one and it was this gigantic thing in my room. It was beautiful, but... Very random. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know from the onset that you wanted to do something in the creative realm? I think so. I think, actually, I'm really lucky because I started getting into music when I was really too young to be thinking about a career. And kind of by the time it was time to think about, okay, this is what I'm doing actually as a job, I was already kind of in it and already had fallen in love with writing and playing. So. Oh, so your dad didn't push, like, I like academics on you from his like lawyer perspective a little I mean they, they've always been very supportive and kind of open for me to do whatever I wanted to do but I did go to Trinity so a really academically rigorous school so that was not like the ideal path <laughs> but it worked out were you, did you like school like were you good at school it's funny I, I'm like most probably creative kids or maybe all kids in general like the classes that I liked I did really well in but there were some classes that I just would rather be writing songs than doing the homework. Mm. So those what, fell what were off you? A what did you like a lot? I randomly, the best grade I ever got <laughs> was in geometry. I got an A what? plus for the year. <laughs> that's so, so cool. That's very random, but I think it was because I'm. I like to draw. I've always been into art like that, and I think there was so much mm, kind of art I involved. I like that. Yeah. So, and you have brothers, right? Yeah, I have three brothers. I have two older brothers and a twin brother. And they also were like playing a lot of different types of music yes. in the house. Yeah, my brothers were like super into Eminem and like all kinds of rap, which was always coming up from their rooms. And my twin brother was actually in the children's chorus at the opera when we were oh, growing wow. up. Yeah, so it was kind of everything. Yeah. <laughs> <Eclectic> mix. <laughs> How do you describe your personality back then growing up? My personality? Yeah. I don't know. I think I was. I really. I think my my oldest brother Brett told me when I was kind of first starting the band he said the most attractive thing is confidence and, and that just like really stuck with me so I was 
always trying to be confident in whatever it was I was doing. Mm. I feel like I had some horrendous haircuts and some bad style choices, but I did it confidently. <laughs> so I like to think that's my personality. And were you doing musical stuff in school? Like, were you ever in the choir or anything? Or was it, it was, kind of you alone, like, finding music? Um, I was in the jazz band, <laughs> which I, I remember the jazz teacher, came, we had played, my, my, like, band that I had in middle school had played a song at an assembly, and the jazz teacher came up to me and was like, can you come play bass in the jazz band? And I was like... All right, but like, just so you know, I, I can't actually play the bass. I was just doing the four notes that I knew. <laughs> but it was awesome, and, and he eventually had me singing in the jazz band, and I, he was like the one, one of the only, he was just very supportive of me the whole time I, I was at that school, and, and I felt like I wasn't always being supported, and he, Mr. Cifelli, mm. was always supporting and encouraging me to do music, and so yeah. he was awesome. And living in New York, did you go to a lot of performances growing up? Yeah, we. my parents are big. My parents to this day go to theater like every single night. So oh my gosh. It's crazy. They see too many things. They have like all <laughs> these subscriptions, so they go every night. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we always went to musicals, opera. My parents took us to the opera when we were like four years old. Oh my gosh. My mom always tells the story that we walked into the opera the first time and everyone there was kind of looking at my parents like how are you gonna bring little kids into here and we just sat quietly the whole time oh. and that's my parents are very proud of that. <laughs> but yeah we're always just kind of exposed I think growing up in New York you just have so many I mean by the time I was a teenager going to concerts and just all that there's so much there mm -hmm. and is your mom still a lawyer now or she's actually retired and living her best life <laughs> but she just retired a couple of years ago yeah. and she she killed it and now she's killing it even more and traveling the world and reading a million books. And That's so cool. Yeah. Inspiring. <laughs> what careers are your brothers in? Um, my two oldest brothers run like a nightlife company called Medium Rare and they throw these amazing parties in New York and do events. Um, my twin brother is a real estate agent now. Oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> so different. Yep. <laughs> or a mix. <laughs> And then, so after high school, and then you went to, did you know that you wanted to go to NYU? Like, was it your dream school, or? Actually, Wesleyan was my dream school. Yeah. And I applied early and was rejected, <laughs> which was hard for me, but obviously everything worked out, and I think, like, it was super last minute. My friend, Matt Porter, who was in my band and has now done a bunch of my music videos for me, he was like, have you heard of this program at NYU? And I was like, no, I haven't at all. And I got the application together so fast and sent it in. I remember it was like New Year's Eve and I was finishing it before I went out. <laughs> um, and sent it in and got in miraculously and, and had an amazing time at that school. Oh, wow. And it was great being there and also just so important to still be in New York and be able to like write and mm. see shows and stuff. What was your major? Um, recorded music is the major. At, Cl oh. at the Clive Davis School. Was, do you, looking back, do you think you, that was good studying music? Like, I know so many musicians yeah. who like, just can't study music. I mean, that program's really good. It's not, it's not like Berkeley or something where you're like, mm. it's all about like theory and actually doing the music. There was a lot of like reading contracts and studying oh, the history so of music. Wow. Yeah, so it was a really good spread, like a really good contemporary 
music program. So mm-hmm. I and they had amazing speakers come in that like oh, changed. Wow. They had Benny Blanco come in, and that was nice. like one of the things that pushed me to try writing for other people. So mm-hmm. it was very helpful. Being yeah. There. And were your parents supportive of you doing anything? Music like, school? Yeah. Not at first, actually. Um, my mom wasn't fully down for me to go to music school, but when I got in, but she. The day I got in, she went, she was by herself and read all the materials and like read about the school and called me and was like, I'm so sorry, like I've changed my mind, you you got into this, that's amazing, you have to go, (laughs) which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever feel any pressure or like difficulty, like you're already so early on like sticking into this career path that you have to kind of like make it somehow? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think... I always thrived off of, I think, going to an academic school, it was kind of like, me trying to do music was just like, what are you doing with your life? Um, And it always made me need to prove that I could do it. Mm. And, yeah, I think kind of the the pressure of needing to make it happen is half the reason I did it so intensely. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And so when did your band actually form originally? We formed, uh, I was in 10th grade, just beginning of 10th grade. So in high school. Yeah. We were together for like three and a half years. How do you, how big of a fan base did you get with that? It was funny. We, We didn't branch too much out of New York City, but we... Like, we started at this venue called the 55 Bar, where my dad always plays. He got us the gig. And oh, it's, like, nice. this tiny room that can fit, like, 30 people at the very most. Um, and from there, we got a show at the Bitter End, and then we'd sell at the Bitter End and move to the next oh, wow. place. And I think that's... It was so awesome doing that and working our way up in New York just because of the way that ladder kind of works. Like, if you sell at one room, you can then go play at a bigger one. And mm. we made it to Webster Hall, which wow, was sick. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, and then we just did some college shows, like, outside of the city. But we had a good fan base going. And actually, this woman, Rhea Pesrisha, who was an intern at Atlantic Records at the time, found our band on MySpace, and she's the, she's oh, now my publisher. Yeah. She's the one I was wondering, like, how you actually... That's yeah. so funny. She fully found us on MySpace, so... <laughs> Shout out to MySpace. <laughs> and then when you were doing this band, were you taking time off school, or how did you have time to do it? Um, I actually took kind of... I took a year off of college to come out here and start writing, and then I did, like, summer classes and winter classes the next year to graduate on time still. Oh, wow. Which was... I honestly, like, that time was so crazy. I remember I would wake up, do all my classes from, like, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then go to a session. And then for some reason I had to go out every night. So then I would sleep for, like, <laughs> for half reason. an hour. <laughs> and that was me for a year straight. It was insane. Wow. I don't know. I honestly now I'm, like... I need nine hours of sleep, and I don't know who that person was. <laughs> you decided to reconnect with Rhea, or...? So, she, yeah, so I started writing a few songs, kind of just for pitch. I didn't really know what I was doing. This is after the band split up. Oh, but you kind of... How did you know about, like, pitch and everything? Was it through school, and you mm-hmm. realized...? Well, yeah, so Benny Blanco came in and spoke to oh, us about okay. that. That's when I started, like, paying attention to it. Um, and... Then I got put in a session with Scott Harris. This is my first session I ever had, who's an amazing writer who's done like all the Shawn Mendes stuff and a million other things. And we wrote Don't Let Me Down together eventually. Mm. But he was my first session, which went terribly. I didn't speak the whole time because I was like, I'm never going to write a song for another person. And for some reason, the next day, he called me back and was like, are you down to 
try again, like, can you come sing something for me? And then we'll try writing again. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, went in and then just was writing a lot over the next, it wasn't even that long, maybe like a few months. And then I remember I went into my email and I typed in records to see if I knew anyone at a record label. Mm. And Rhea's email came up. And I emailed her and I said, hey, I know we haven't spoken in a couple years, but I'm in New York. I'd love to come in and play your songs. I'm writing for other people now. And she was like, I actually moved to LA and I'm switching jobs today to go work for a prescription songs yeah. publishing company. Um, and literally, like, I was like, what the hell? She's like, said, I'm going to play your songs for Dr. Luke. And I was like, no, you're not. And sure enough, she played my songs for him and he messaged me like a week later. And we were in talks for a while, and then they said, we're, if you want to graduate, we'll wait till you graduate and sign you then. And I still had two years left. So I was like, oh God, okay. And I had to graduate because my parents wanted me to. <laughs> but then, like literally a week later, Luke called me and was like, we've changed our minds, we want to sign you now. And I was like, ah, I'm getting goosebumps what you told it's me. It's the most ridiculous story. It's like impossible that it happened that way. It's just magic. <laughs> How many of your songs did he see before making that decision? It was like six songs maybe and one of oh, them wow. funnily enough was the song I wrote about my band splitting up called Until You Were Gone which is the first song that got sent to the Chainsmokers and that's how I met yeah. them so it's all like that little <laughs> moment was absurd. Yeah and then but like throughout that time were you already like de deconstructing a lot of songs and like learning how everything worked? Or yes. Was it after I met Benny Blanco and after Rhea started saying I'm going to play your stuff for Luke, I remember I made like endless playlists of just like specific writers or producers and then all the songs they did. Oh wow. And was like digging through Wikipedia trying to figure out who did what and that was really cool and I still have those playlists but just like seeing... I remember Ryan Tedder, like I knew him from his band and then it was like, oh he's done all these songs and they all have this kind of cohesive sound and... There's just so many writers, and even so many writers on prescription songs that I was like going to sign to, that I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> How did you realize that? Were you also shopping around other labels, or was it mostly just prescription? Not real. I mean, I did speak to a few others at the time, but it was kind of a no-brainer just because it happened so fast with them, and they were so, like, I had zero cuts. And the, pub, the company was really, really small at the time. Like, they hadn't really signed anyone. Mm. So I was like, I can't believe I'm being signed to this company. Yeah. And Rhea, who is signing me, has just, like, been the homie the whole way through and so supportive and just, like, we've kind of built this whole thing together. I love with that. With Zach, my manager, and it's just been, like, squad. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it through her that you met all these people, like, chain smokers or... Pretty much, yeah, between her and my manager, Zach, like, they've just set up everything for me and, and really starting from nothing. I mean, I had nothing going on when I signed, just a couple of songs, and we've just, this whole thing has been the team together. Yeah. How did you get your confidence up to, like, work with these people? Because initially you were, like, shy for the, yes. for the first one. <laughs> I mean, it took a long time. I used to cry my way into sessions with people I was starstruck by. Rhea called me one time and was like, Emily, you can't cry. <laughs> but I was just, I mean, I was working with, like, my heroes. And yeah. just, I mean, 
I now like I so like working with people who are so much better than me because mm. it's challenging and especially at that time I, I felt so intensely like I had to prove myself in the room and I had to like not only leave with a good song but kind of have them whoever I was in a session with go and tell other people that I was sick so it was like I was just trying to be amazing <laughs> as best I could <laughs> but it definitely took some I've tried to calm down now, but I still get really starstruck with people. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> and then over time, you also became like sharing your vulnerability wasn't as difficult, like what you went through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, it, it took a while for me to learn that, like how important it is to share the vulnerability. That's like, I remember I learned that while I was in a session with Scott, and we started asking these people questions, and they just started opening up, and it was kind of like. There's so much good music to be made out of getting to that uncomfortable mm. place. And once I learned that, it was like, oh, sessions are not just like getting songs done. It's like this therapeutic, cathartic experience. Yeah, literally. So it's just, that's like, that's changed songwriting for me too because you leave, having, you leave a session having had a meaningful day and kind of amazing conversations and people feeling better than they did when they walk in and that's like takes the whole thing to another level yeah what's crazy to me is that Dua Lipa knew a song no one wanted it yeah like what even dude there's so many songs like that I feel like I didn't even I mean I didn't even know that's kind of the ones I always tell that like when you write a song every day you try not to get too attached mm. and I think when, when people are not really down with a song, you just let it go, you don't think about it anymore. And then when that, when we were told that was gonna become the single, it was like, wait, what, this song? Like, I haven't even listened to this song since we did it. It's just like, who, I mean, every writer in this town has a million songs on their hard drive that like, mm -hmm. need to see the light of day, but it just takes so much of the right timing and everything, perfect storm. Yeah. What was your reaction when you saw that you were the Forbes 30 under 30? That was the most, somehow that was the most insane thing that's ever happened. I remember being told about it and I was like, wait, what? That's, no. <laughs> it's just so much perspective with that. Such a like prestigious list. Yeah, it must have been so cool for your parents also. Yeah. That's like an official thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> they framed, they literally framed they the framed magazine it? and gave it to me as a present. So <laughs> they're definitely pumped about yeah. that. What was it like? Um, going to like just performing in like local venues to like SNL, Jimmy Kimmel, was that a big job? Like crazy. And I mean that's all the chain smokers did that all for me and, and then also took me on tour where we were playing in front of like minimum 7,000 people. Crazy. <laughs> Which was just like, first of all when they asked me to go on that tour, in my mind I was like, are you guys nuts? Like I've literally only played the bitter end and you're gonna just send me off on the stage in front of all these people? Like, are you not worried that it's gonna go wrong? Um, so I'm so appreciative to them about that, and I, I learned so much being on that tour and doing SNL and all that. I mean, we just did Kimmel with me singing the whole song. I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah. I'm so lucky that I know them. <laughs> <laughs> what are the inspirations behind your album? Um, it's a relationship that I was in the whole time. Um, it's really like a snapshot from the past year and a half, two years of my life. Um, it's been crazy today, having it come out this morning. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and just like literally opening my diary and 
passing it off to the world. Oh, but I love that. <laughs> that's what it feels like. But people today reacting and sharing it and listening to it and telling me what lyrics they like has just been like, I can't even, I'm going to cry right now talking about it. It's so insane. It's like, I love writing and I love writing with other people and I'll never get tired of that. But something that's fully my own and just my vision and the artwork that I chose and the videos and the songs and the production is just like it's unlike any other feeling mm -hmm. it's just it's scary as hell but very fun <laughs> very rewarding how did you realize now was the right moment to put that out <laughs> you mean well first of all to it took it forever for it to get done <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> but so it started like long time ago a couple of years ago but actually what what kind of pushed me was there were these two songs um, just Click and Not Ready to Dance, which are both on the album, which I had written kind of when I was just writing for other people and saying I didn't want to do the artist thing. Um, and with these two songs in particular, whenever someone was interested in them, I was super resistant. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want anyone else singing this. And, and after it was, after I kept feeling like that, I was like, all right, well, obviously I have to sing them or they're going to yeah. sit on the hard drive forever. Um, and that happened kind of at the same time as the song I did with Friendship, Capsize, was doing its thing. And they, they released that song independently, and it just kind of caught fire. And having those things happen I, I made me realize to be an artist, you don't have to have this whole, like, plan and package and look or whatever. Like, you can just kind of, I mean, it, there's work to be done, but <laughs> you can kind of just make music and put it out and, and be yourself which I hadn't realized really before. Um, so then I set some time aside and, and wrote the album with some friends and yeah, it's been a long time yeah. <laughs> for sure. Coming up, are you gonna limit your like pitch sessions or? No, honestly, I'm still, I'm still writing like almost every day with other artists, which is amazing. And I, I need both really in my life. Mm. Um, but whenever I have something that I need to say or I need to write, like I'm gonna set time aside or just spend the day alone and kind of get it yeah. down. So it's the balance that's important to me <laughs> for sure. How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you made? Less lyrics is the big oh, one. <laughs> As in the sheer amount. My, my grandma always used to say, there's too many words in these songs. I can't sing along. And I now when I listen back, I'm like, oh my god, I was I couldn't breathe in the song. So I take one gulp of air at the beginning and just like. <sighs> so I've learned, and this is another reason that writing for other people has been so important, and, and just writing with so many people is. I learned in the past few years before making this album how to really just like make a concise and clear point, um, and not use so many metaphors or not just say so much unnecessary stuff if you can boil down what you're saying to one simple thing it's not only easier to digest but just like it just is better to perform and makes more sense and just is potentially can connect with more people because they know what you're talking about <laughs> versus I used to write with the thesaurus there's a song that I put out in eighth grade that's literally like every single word went to the thesaurus so that it could be a big word instead of a small word and the song is insane it's we've rinsed it off the internet because <laughs> no one needs to hear that but like i just can't believe when i listen to it now it's like words that i don't even know now i'm like how did you come up with this <laughs> it's crazy what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far biggest challenges i think 
I mean, in personal life also. Personal life. Well, I, I mean, it's it's funny because I said earlier that I was confident, but I think I think trusting my gut has been something that I've had to learn, um, but that's really proven to be one of the most important things as as a person, as a writer, as an artist. Everything is like if you think something's cool then A, it's cool, and B, it shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks, whether that's like coming up with melodies in a room or lyrics or putting your own stuff out. I think there's, it's really hard with social media and also just the business side of everything to not feel kind of swayed in one direction or the other or to, not, to try and not care what people think about what mm. you're doing. Um, but I've tried to remember that that's irrelevant <laughs> not irrelevant but like it's not the main mm -hmm. the main thing is me being proud of what I'm making and me liking what I'm making and I think everything else kind of falls in place what does love mean to you what does love mean oh god love is torture <laughs> <laughs> I think love is great I, I, I fell in love for the first time a couple years ago and I remember thinking what am I doing in sessions and working when there's love. I should just be in love. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> that's my vibe with love, but love is hard, but love is important. <laughs> Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? <sighs> wow, that is a crazy question. Um, I always say that what music has always done for me is kind of saved me when I needed it the most because mm. you hear someone, like for me it's John Mayer or Gavin McGraw or something like that, singing about something you're going through and you're like, how do you know exactly what's happening to me right now? Um, which I always believed came from people being really like painfully honest. So I've really tried to do that and I think if there's one thing that I'd like people to hold on to is that it made them feel better or made them feel less alone. Yeah. I love that. This was oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Bye.